Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Motivation Suite, your dedicated source for all things motivation, inspiration, and mentorship. I am your host, April Rogers, and I'm truly excited that you're able to tune in today for another episode. As you may recall in our last session, we covered the areas of tone of voice, verbal and nonverbal cues, and their cruciality of effectively utilizing and simply being aware of these aspects for the supporting of productive relaying of information. So as we move through the exploration of civility and active listening and tone of voice, verbal and nonverbal cues, we can now continue on our trek to the area of interpersonal communication and perception, which is part four of our communication series. Now, there are many types of communications ranging from verbal to nonverbal, from written being formal or to informal. And in today's session, we'll be exploring those interpersonal communications. Now, interpersonal communication is often described as communication that occurs between people who are interdependent and have some knowledge of one another. This can be a one-on-one, in a small group, um, and in for larger groups, this can consist of individuals and families, friendships, romantic relationships, and workplace groupings. Now, when looking into the aspect of interpersonal communication, we should start at the uh, foundational level of this form of communication. Now, uh, BeMyCareerCoach.com shares four principles of great interpersonal communication skills. So let's go ahead and dive right on in and start talking and exploring some of these areas. First up is inescapable. Well, that simply means that it really is impossible to avoid other humans. So unless you're in a situation where you live someplace in the middle of nowhere and you grow your own food, you make your own clothes, anything and everything that you need to sustain yourself is done by you and only you, unless you're in one of those situations, it's pretty inescapable to be able to not be within human contact. And next up, we have irreversible. Now, this means basically when we uh, are unable to take back words that have been spoken, no matter how much we try to explain them or expand on them or what we share in regards to what we really meant or even to try to apologize, they're just simply statements that are put out there you just can't take back. Next up, we have complicated. Now, of course, this is delving into the range of how it's not only the words that we say, but it's also the many verbal and nonverbal elements that uh, lend itself to some form of interpretation. So when we say the complicated, it's more of the many usage of those varied elements of communication that may not always uh, depict what is straightforwardly being expressed. And it's up to us as listeners and even up to us as individuals in the speaking form to be able to convey what it is that we're trying to express in a way that is um, able for the person listening uh, to understand and to be able to respond appropriately. And if not, then being able to go and clear up things to make it easier to do so. Next up, we have contextual. And in contextual, in its root, is basically saying putting something in its context, right? So this is communication being a shared that isn't always completely under our control, as it depends on the who, the what, 
the where and the why of that conversation. And also there may be many accompanying factors that are important and matter to how the message is delivered as well as how it's ultimately received. So putting things in context is trying to put them in a particular perspective um, that is uh, easy to obtain information in order to be able to engage in a way that is the right track that we should be in. So when we look at talking about something, and this is really prevalent a lot of times, even in an argument, if you will, is you know when you come back and you say what you're saying and, and you start to bring up things that are from other areas or other issues, and it really takes you off course of what is actually going on in that moment. So when you are talking in um, a way that is to be effectively communicating to get an issue resolved, you want to pretty much try to stay clear of uh, being too out of context as it can pretty much murky up whatever the issue is and sometimes ultimately won't allow you to get to a place of resolve. Now, with these focuses in place, Improving your interpersonal communicational skills does begin with self-awareness. Now, if you recall, we spoke quite in depth about the concept of self-awareness in our part two, active listening, which is one of those real important traits for a uh, individual to achieve, obtain, have, um, in order to effectively be able to communicate with others. You know, being aware of your surroundings and being aware of just people in general and situations, not being so closed-minded and, and, and just to oneself makes it much easier to be an effective communicator. So as when you are aware of how you are communicating with others, you know, you are most certainly better equipped to come to more positive end results. Understanding that interpersonal communication is a combination of verbal and nonverbal aspects is an invaluable skill that gets you towards the desired results for both sides of the delivery of information. So being aware of all these particular principles that we just discussed, which were, again, inescapable, irreversible, complicated, and contextual, understanding how they fit, what they mean, and how to utilize them, navigate them, um, even manipulate them in a way that is for the greater good, is really truly important when you are dealing with um, your interpersonal communications and your one-on-ones and in your group settings. Now, according to skillsyouneed.com, interpersonal communication is a key life skill and it can be used in many different ways. And some of those areas that interpersonal communication simply lends itself to is giving and collecting information, uh, influencing the attitudes and behavior of others, uh, forming contacts and maintaining relationships, making sense of the world and our experiences in it, expressing our personal needs of, of ourselves and others, giving and receiving emotional support, making decisions and solving problems, and anticipating and predicting behavior and being able to regulate the power associated. 
So as you see with all these particular aspects of the principles in active listening, um, or traits, excuse me, that we learned in active listening and the principles that we're learning about interpersonal communication, you see how all those elements coming together bridges for a positive exchange of ideas and issues and concerns um, and understanding that not every issue is a concern. You know, sometimes just a wonderful way of being able to display ideas that effectively can be uh, pursued upon um, for any type of projects or uh, just any type of uh, system that you're setting up in a workplace setting. Now, as you see, the benefits of thoughtful and effective interpersonal communication is a goal that should translate in both our professional and our personal worlds. Now, but wait, are there any ways in which hinder interpersonal communication? Well, unfortunately, the answer to that question is yes. Therefore, I think it's only helpful for us to take a look at some of those ways that hinder the positive results of interpersonal communication, otherwise known as common barriers to effective communication. Skillsyouneed.com shares the following elements as common barriers. Now, these shouldn't be barriers that uh, should be the first time hearing of them. Um, they've been around for many, 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 many uh, moons, so to speak. So we'll dive into uh, those particular areas and let's kind of explore some of those elements a little bit deeper. Uh, the first one um, that is utilized um, or shared as a common barrier is the use of jargon. And it's simply put is when we may use overcomplicated or unfamiliar and or technical terms in communicating. It also can go as far as using acronyms, which is, you know, a shortened way by using letters um, of a particular word or phrasing when we speak to one another. And also your quick speeches or your slang terms, you know, elements that may not be um, known to many different people from many different groups. And so you have to be very mindful of how you're communicating and keeping more of a straight communication, using your full words. Um, and uh, if you are in a position where you are expressing um, anything in the elements of an acronym, you know, being able to state what that acronym is first, then saying the acronym as you continue on, because it's all about everyone being on the same page when you're trying to communicate, right? So it can be really frustrating when you're using slang words or other jargons and uh, other type of abbreviated forms in an open form of individuals trying to explain something and they don't really know what you're talking about because they may not be familiar with those particular terms. So something that you should always keep in mind when you're communicating and therefore why it's considered a common barrier. Next up, we have emotional barriers and taboos. Now, some may find it difficult to express their emotions, and some topics may be completely off-limits or taboo because of this. Now, taboo or difficult topics may include anything but are not limited to politics, religion, disabilities, whether it be mental and physical, sexuality and sex itself, racism, and any opinion that may be seen as an unpopular one to discuss. And with that, 
when you're looking at emotional barriers and taboos and these certain types of topics that are uncomfortable, it could be a many reasons why a particular topical topic, excuse me, can be uncomfortable. Um, it could be one in the fact that there's due to past experience of an individual that makes them feel uncomfortable to speak upon a particular uh, sensitive area. It could also be a situation where the person may not feel they have enough to contribute to a conversation fully in depth in these particular areas. So there's a huge range of why a particular topic may not be uh, something that is of uh, interest for someone to want to speak about. And we just want to remind, remain sensitive and uh, mindful of that when we are dealing with our topic areas and what we choose to speak about. You know, one thing that's really important in that aspect, I would say, is probably know your audience. And what that means is that, you know, if you are bringing up certain things, you want to just be mindful of who you're bringing those up in front of and, you know, just being respectful. This is very important, not only in the personal uh, relationships that we have, but also extremely important in our professional relationships. Um, again, that word professional, <laughs> because it's always important for us to all be on the same page without any unnecessary insults or any of those things of that nature. So being sensitive and uh, knowing your audience will help you to get around uh, that particular barrier. Sometimes some topics simply, again, are just off limits and therefore should not be pursued in that particular context. And you need to be able to be self-aware to know when to pull back those reins. So, you know, really paying attention to those nonverbal cues and listening and respecting those verbal cues are very important and imperative when um, you're dealing with the interpersonal communication. Another element is lack of attention, and this delves into, you know, basically a disinterest or uh, distractions or irrelevance to the person who's receiving the information. So simply put, if the person's not interested in what's being said to them or doesn't feel that it's important to them, meaning that it's irrelevant to them, then they're probably not going to be focusing on what you're saying or listening to you or may even shut down the conversation altogether. So it's important to be able to understand that that is a barrier and could be something that you may be able to navigate around depending on the situation or that you may have to walk away from that conversation at that time or that issue with that person at that time. So understanding that um, that is considered a barrier and trying to push your way through sometimes is not going to be the most benefits unless you have to find uh, ways to uh, kind of get around that. And again, that could be simply stepping away. Um, changing the tone in the which your delivery is of that information. Again, being uh, mindful and sensitive to the response that you may get, depending on how difficult that conversation may be. Um, not necessarily it has to be a conversation that's necessarily taboo, but just maybe be difficult to engage in, but still can. So you just want to be careful in how you are presenting the information. And, you know, keep that in mind as a tick that you might have to kind of shift gears a little bit or pivot. Um, and still be able to get yourself in the same direction of getting a response, but you may have to just pivot or soften um, the stance that you may have in presenting that information. Another barrier would be differences in perception and viewpoint. And uh, with further elaborating on that, um, this is how I see in discussing a topic area or situation in which each party sees things differently. You know, simply does not come to the same page or the same conclusion about a particular situation um, in regards to the aspects of discussion or the situation that's at hand. And sometimes in those types of situations, changing the course of your tactic may be helpful 
and sometimes you just have to be able to be prepared to leave things where people are at. Um, now, depending on the particular uh, situation will depend on what tactic works the best. Naturally, if it's in a professional setting, you're more times than not, not going to be able just to leave that where it is. We'll have to address it and we'll have to come together. There'll have to be some collaboration uh, and uh, those such of things in order to get to a resolve. Um, and also in your personal relationships, you know, having differences of opinions and perceptions happens very often. The way that you approach the situation sometimes is a huge benefit into how you can get through that barrier. But understand that barrier does exist and doesn't mean that you have to stop the conversation altogether. It just means you got to find a way that you can navigate that particular situation in order to get to that effective goal of um, relaying those ideas or those issues to address. Another one is physical disabilities and these can be such as hearing problems or speech difficulties. Physical barriers to nonverbal communication. Well, this is basically when you're not being able to see the nonverbal cues or gestures or posture or just general body language in order to make a assessment of if you're on the right track on your conversation. And what is that typically prevalent in? Well, phone calls, text messages, and other communications that are methods where you're relying heavily on technology. These are tend to be often less effective than face-to-face -face communication. Now, not only though that it is a barrier, I would also add that sometimes the technical route of communication sometimes is the better way to facilitate communication, okay? Um, and your points of view. Sometimes you're not in a position where you can be physically together. You know, if you're in two states uh, across uh, the country, you're not gonna be able to just go knock on that door and you know go face to face and have this conversation. The real key to that barrier, I feel, is to be mindful in how you are displaying your communication and, and the words you use, the tone of your messaging. You know, you never want to use all caps because that can come across as an argumentative gesture, uh, but it also depends on in what way you are speaking about that. So make sure that you're using those uh, technical uh, communication etiquettes, if you will. Um, you know, if you want to do something all in caps and glaring in red, that's usually not a good sign. So you just want to be mindful of how you are communicating, even when it is in the technical world of texting and so a lot of shorthand texting you know these one letter type things uh, uh, a number here to represent a word you know all those types of things those can all be barriers because it can perceive something uh to someone in a sense where you know maybe the what you're trying to say doesn't resonate with them they don't see that same thing so they may be thinking oh you're saying this or you're mean this and you're like no 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 that's not where i was coming from i meant this well you know, okay, well, maybe you should have spelled that out, or maybe you should have said that. And sometimes, well, just pick up the phone and call me, you know. So just keeping that etiquette when you are dealing with uh, technical communication can be extremely helpful in navigating that particular barrier. But understanding that is a barrier. So again, not something that has to stop the communication, just an area to allow you to navigate differently, strategically address, um, and, you know, hey, if the communication isn't being affected by text messaging, you may have to pick up that phone and do a better job verbally. <laughs> but still doesn't negate from the fact that in those particular essence, you're not able to read those nonverbal cues. So really listen into those verbal cues. Next up is language differences. 
which really just encompasses the difficulty in understanding unfamiliar accents and how to address uh, this, I always say, is to remain respectful, right? Seek clarification for the elements of the conversation that you don't understand. It's the key ingredient to dealing with language differences is just remaining respectful. You know, you may find yourself in a situation, you know, we have, we work in such a different time now where we're communicating with individuals from all over the world at any given moment in some of our um, professions and um, are just even in your daily uh, activities. So if you're in a situation where someone doesn't maybe speak exactly the way you do um, or has a heavy accent or maybe just has a different um, appeal to how they speak or flair to how they speak, you want to be respectful and try to make your effort in understanding what they're talking about, right? Because the world does not revolve around any one person. So if you expect to be a productive citizen in communication, you want to make sure that you are uh, with it and being uh, respectful of others who may not sound um, like you. Next up, expectations and prejudices. Um, these may lead to false assumptions or stereotyping. You know, people often hear what they expect to hear rather than what is actually being said, and then they tend to jump to the wrong conclusions. How many times have you seen that happen? <laughs> okay, maybe how many times that happened to you, right? It's unfortunate sometimes, but this is what does happen at times where, you know, people's past experiences or their thoughts, whether right or wrong, definitely will change the perception of how they are receiving the information given to them. And the bottom line is when you come from a space in which you are allowing these expectations and prejudices to take over, effective communication, it really can just be impossible. So it's a pretty big barrier. And what would I say on that element? Again, is to be respectful and understanding that we don't all uh, come from the same type of walk of life. There's so many of us with so many attributes and um, just beautiful things to bring to the table. And the bottom line is it's good to have an understanding of that and to be respectful in that when you are communicating. Next up, we have cultural differences. And cultural differences in the sense that they're talking about the norms of social interacting. It definitely can uh, greatly be different in different cultures. You know, as the way that we may express our emotions. For example, the concept of personal space may vary between cultures and between different social settings. So again, all these things that you need to be mindful for when you are... Um, dealing with situations and that's uh, derived from cultural differences. And what is my key ingredient for that? Remaining respectful. You know, sometimes you'll come across cultures that are a little bit more animated. Doesn't mean it's a wrong way of being, it's just what it is that they do in that culture. And that's okay. You have some people who are more quiet, a little bit more temperate when it comes to having communication. That's okay. It's all right to be different, not a problem. You just work within that type of communication and try to understand each other. And I think that being respectful and coming with an open mind and open heart will help you in that um, barrier. But recognizing those barriers do exist 
uh, should give you the element of being able to know how do you navigate in that type of situation, how you may need to bring yourself out a little bit more or reserve yourself back a little bit um, when it comes to different types of elements. Another big one is personal space and definitely especially dealing with what we're dealing with in these current times. I think that that's going to be even more prevalent than it ever has been before. But you know, just in a normal context, um, a lot of people don't always want people that are right on top of them, right? Or super close to them, okay? You know, you need to be able to respect that. And someone shouldn't always have to tell you verbally, hey, I need you to back up. You know, um, you should be reading and looking for those nonverbal cues. And usually, if you are in someone's space, you will see those nonverbal cues, whether they flinch a little bit or back up a little bit or they just seem uncomfortable. Or you may simply just feel that tension there because you're invading in that space and everyone has the right to personal space and you do need to respect that. So understanding that element as a barrier and being mindful of that, again, being self-aware will help you navigate that particular barrier much better than it would be if you chose to kind of push your own way and your own thoughts into the situation because that never really works out very well anyway. <laughs> Now, uh, skillsyouneed.com further shares that a skilled communicator must be aware of these barriers and you want to try to reduce their impact by continually checking and understanding and by offering appropriate feedback and what? Being self-aware. And another what? Remaining respectful. That's what will help you through a lot of those barriers. And yes, you know, we are in such fast times, a lot of the ways we communicate very quickly. Um, sometimes we want to just kind of get the word out there and get out and keep moving on. And sometimes that's just not beneficial or helpful for a particular situation. And it's not always appropriate for every situation. So if you want to be in a, in a place where your communication is being received uh, in the way, in the manner that you wish it to be received, then you want to be mindful of these barriers that we discussed today and keep in mind of what things that can be helpful um, that we share today as well on getting around those barriers. Okay. I would also like to further elaborate that giving respectful commentary is imperative and it is a mindful tool and that it should be exercised regularly in order to address and strategically and successfully navigate through the common communication barriers. Now, I feel that there is another phenomenon in the world of communication that can cause a barrier all into itself and it cause a barrier to a deeper understanding of one another's ideas and so forth. And that would be the phenomenon of perception. Simple word, right? Has a lot of impact though. Although perception is not a new concept in society, it is something that should be considered in the way we communicate and how we can minimize the negative impacts and the wrong perception that it can cause is what we should be striving for in just our regular day-to-day -day communication. Therefore, in an effort to take some time to cover this important area, let's go ahead and explore some of the highlights of perception. Now, perception in a nutshell is the process of selecting or organizing and interpreting information. Also understanding that the expectations also act as an influence to intaking what information we select. 
So and basically our perception is what we think about whatever information is coming to us. Not really doesn't have to be based on anything other than that's just how we're intaking that. And that could be influenced by many things like we discussed earlier. You know, it can be uh, ex experienced through the concept of our past experiences um, and our comfortability level as well. So additionally, Explorable.com shares that there are three major factors that affect and greatly contribute to how a person perceives a situation. And they include the motivational state, the emotional state, and experience. So in short, what moves us, how we feel about it, and what we are exposed to. These are all elements that help to shape how we may perceive certain elements. There used to be a saying that you may have heard, and it goes something like, uh, someone's perception is their reality. And to be honest with you, I really don't like that uh, saying because perception is not always based on true intent and of a situation or even sometimes based on true reality. So when we focus squarely on our own biases, we open ourselves up to assumptions rather than sound dialogue. So sometimes it can be very hard to overcome our perceptions in which we may have been rooted in that through our past experiences. However, when we come to a topic of discussion and or situation, it is highly beneficial to come to the table with an open heart and an open mind. You see, I believe that it is that mindset that helps us foster a healthy exchange of ideas and information for a deeper and realistic understanding. Moving away from our biases is an active process. And for some, it may take a little bit more focus to achieve. However, it is worth it in the end. And with that understanding, the communication type of interpersonal communications and the phenomenon of perception makes for a greater opportunity of relating better through effective communication with our colleagues, our friends, and our loved ones. So I am so glad that you tuned in today. And of course, I would love to hear your thoughts about interpersonal communication and perception. By just go ahead and drop me a comment. And if you are finding the content helpful, please be sure to like, follow, and share and join the Motivation Suite community. Also, Motivation Suite podcasts can be found on Apple iTunes or whatever podcast platform you like to listen to your favorite podcast. I would love for you to join the Motivation Suite community by joining the Motivation Suite community Facebook group as well. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Motivate Inspire Mentor, as well as on Twitter at Sweet Motivation. That's S-U-I-T-E, motivation. And as always, thank you for listening. And I look forward to you tuning in next time for the next installment of this journey. Please stay safe. And until then, take care.